welcome back to the OG of the HRC way news. They ain't telling you. Okay, let's get into it as always into the quick news because like I always like to say, we've got a lot of it. So here we go. First and foremost, um, Rush Limbaugh, the, what do you even call him? I don't even know you call him, but I, I mean, I know what I could call him, but I'm not going to. Uh, he has passed away at seven years old from lung cancer. My mom taught me if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So that's what I'm going to say. Nothing at all. Um, MLB baseball is back. Pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training. That's some type of normalcy that we are going into here. Great news. Um, President Biden in his town hall the other day rejected the Warren Schumer uh, cancel student debt plan. I'm going to get into that into great depth a little bit later, but he has said, I don't think it's a good idea. So like I said, we'll get into it a little bit later. Um, this is a really positive, great story considering how much of a mess Texas is in right now, which we're going to get into later. Um, thousands of sea turtles were saved and kept warm inside the South Padre Island Convention Center in Texas um, because basically if they were kept out in the cold during this crazy winter storm that's hitting Texas on this little S South Padre Island, they would have paralyzed and basically frozen to death. So they saved something like 3,500 3, sea turtles. And they have all this great footage of them like inside this lined up inside this convention center. So that is a positive story that has come out of Texas. Not a lot of positivity in Texas right now. Again, I will get into that a little bit later. Um, Governor Como apparently threatened a Democrat assemblyman, Ron Kim, over the nursing home deaths. He said... He said to Ron Kim that he can destroy him. Um, de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, came out and said, well, this is nothing new. We're used to Como speaking like this. So the Como content saga continues. Um, we'll see how far down the hole it gets. This is an interesting one that I think people should pay attention to, and I'm pretty sure you probably haven't heard yet. Tennessee lawmakers are proposing a bill that lets biological fathers petition to stop abortions. Tennessee has some of the strictest anti-abortion laws in the country, and this is just another one on the little bracket here. What's really sickening about all of this is it's not just biological fathers who are in a consensual relationship or were in a consensual relationship. It is also biological fathers of rape and incest. They can petition to stop abortions in Tennessee if this moves forward. So keep an eye on Tennessee, everyone. Florida Governor DeSantis is threatening to divert vaccines from communities that are criticizing his distribution because it has come out that he decided to distribute vaccines in two very wealthy neighborhoods. Um, that uh, So he's saying, well, if you keep complaining, I'm not going to send you vaccines. My oh my, he sounds awfully familiar, like someone else we used to know in the White House. Okay, 5,000 National Guard troops will stay in Washington, D.C. through March because the FBI and Department of Justice believes they have information that um, the good old boys or whatever you want to call them, the proud boys or domestic terrorists, whatever you'd like to call them, they will, the rumor is they're supposedly coming back the first week of March. So they are saying keep the National Guard 5,000 troops there until we say so. So hopefully some type of normal will will reign over D.C. once more. Um, federal agents has seized more than 11 million fake ND, N95 masks. Um, they, they continue to see this sort of 
in the time of COVID, they could continue to see all these scams, whether it's money scams, whether it's mass scams, whether it's COVID relief scams. So please, everyone, be on the lookout for that. Um, I mean, 11 million fake masks. That's terrifying. Um, 33 states have introduced 165 bills restricting voting access due to 2020 and certain groups not being happy with the results of 2020. So 33 states have introduced 165 bills restricting voting access. I say to Congress, we must pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act ASAP because, again, 33 states, 165 bills, simply wanting to restrict your voting access. Voting is the most powerful tool we have as a citizen, and they are trying to restrict it. So, and last but not least, I save this one to the very end because you guys all know, if you if you follow us here, how much I love Ted Cruz. Not at all. Senator Ted Cruz was seen leaving the other night, can't even make this up, um, in the middle of Texas going through all of this debacle, no power, no heat, no food, people lining up for gas, pipes bursting and freezing, everything you could possibly think of is going on in Texas right now is still going on in Texas. The senator of Texas, Ted Cruz, decides that's the time that he should take off for a vacation to Mexico with his daughter and his daughters and his wife. And everyone was taking photos of him at the Houston airport. And he had no shame, pretty much. He was sort of, he had a mask on, but uh, it's a mask that is confirmed that was his before the photos were confirmed. Everyone was like, that has to be Ted Cruz because that's his special mask that he loves to wear. And his wife was confirmed. And then later, he was confirmed probably about 11 o'clock at night. They were like, yes, that was Ted Cruz. He is going to Cancun, Mexico. His staff had no response until about 12 o'clock today at noon. And they said, oh, yeah, it was him. And then he came out with a statement and he said he was only flying to Mexico with his wife and children simply because they wanted his daughters wanted to go. So he threw his daughters under the bus in this. He said his daughters wanted to go to Mexico to get away from all the chaos of, you know, what's going on with no power and all of that, because apparently they don't have power either. And he said, I wanted to fly there to make sure they got there okay. And then I was going to fly home the very next day. Well, that's actually not true because United Airlines has confirmed that his original flight home was for Saturday, not today or not Friday or not whatever day this is, the very next day. It was for Saturday. He was going there for a leisurely weekend in the midst of all this. And um, he he walked off the plane, you know, this morning and he had a rolling luggage. And I'm like, why do you need a rolling luggage if you're just going there for to fly to make sure your wife and children get there? Okay. Which, so what are you saying about your wife that she's not capable of, of protecting the children from what exactly? I The whole story makes no sense. The guy was going for a vacation. He got caught up in it. He's so used to getting away with everything that he thought that this was, he's going to get away with this and he's not. And what's the really sad story is, is this going to be the final straw that breaks Ted Cruz's back? Out of all the scandals, all of the outrageous things he said, everything he's ever done, is it going to be a trip to Cancun in the middle of crazy Texas winter storm? If so, praise all of Texas and give him hell because he deserves every second of it because how dare he is all I can say. So, Ted Cruz, hopefully your days are numbered. Let's get into a little bit deeper of the news, shall we? 
Okay, so let's get into what I call the Texas turbine because there has been so many stories about what is going on in Texas. First and foremost, if you guys don't know, I'm sure that you do, there is a massive winter storm that has caused parts of Texas to be without power for days. We've seen frozen pipelines. We've seen frozen turbines, which is their favorite thing to talk about. We've seen people waiting in line for gas. We've seen people without food. We've seen people you know, uh, like crazy photos of like icicles inside apartments. Um, you know, it's it's pretty bad. Um, my sister lives in Texas. She lives right up in Arlington, basically. And they didn't have power for like two days. And thankfully, they have power now. But she's saying it's food-wise, gas-wise, all that. It's, it's absolute chaos. There was one video that I saw of people going to this pipe that had water coming out of it to get fresh water. Um, it's like, it looks like a third world country right now. And we're talking about Texas. Now the governor is blaming governor Abbott. He's blaming, of course, green new deal, wind turbines, which froze. But the reason those turbines froze that no one is talking about, and I'm going to talk about is very simple. So when, first of all, Texas only relies, 13% relies on wind turbines. So a very, very small percentage relies on turbines, relies on green new deal type of energy. So they're talking about it like, oh, they froze and it set off. No, that's not what happened here. So they did freeze. But the reason that they froze is because they chose to use cheaper materials to make the wind turbines rather than invest in the materials that they would need for cold weather. So they put themselves in the situation and they were told when they got cheaper turbines that because they were going the cheaper route that they would potentially have frozen turbines if a cold weather front came in. Cold weather front came in and 13% of the power grid is these turbines. Only 13%, everyone, 13%. That's it. Okay. So 10 years ago, the because here's the other thing, is that Texas has their own power grid. They are privately owned power grid, which is very Texas. Texas, they got they can fly. They're the only state in America that can fly their their state flag as high as the American flag. They're the only state that wants to leave America every, you know, six years, five years, whatever it is. They always want to leave. They want to be on their own. So years ago, they decided to be their own power grid that is off of the federal power grid. They're the only state in America to have no connection in terms of power grid to the rest of the United States, the only state. Um, Former Governor Rick Perry says that Texans are willing to suffer blackouts to keep feds out of power market. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Well, what happened 10 years ago was this. The federal government had to step in 10 years ago because there was a massive outage during power outage during a Super Bowl. So the federal government came in and said, we'll tell you what's wrong and you can fix it. Now, they at that point, 10 years ago, they warned Texas about their power grid. They said that they were not prepared for tough weather. They were not weatherized, which is everyone's favorite word to use right now. And they basically said, we don't care. We're going to ignore you. Not our problem. They prepare their power grid for summer weather because it's so hot there. So they're used to air conditioning so they don't shut down and have rolling blackouts. They, they prepare it for the summer. They've never prepared it for winter weather. Now, they were informed 10 years ago that something like this could happen. So now here's what the overall issue is, is that we're seeing this power grid. We're seeing how it's massively broken, whether it's run by coal, whether it's run by natural gas, whether it's run by turbines, the entire grid went down. 
And because the entire grid went down and they were not connected to the federal government, it's very, very hard to get it back on, especially since there's another cold front coming in and things are still frozen and all that jazz. So we have a problem with infrastructure here. That's the overall problem. Now, sadly, Texas is not the only state with massive infrastructure deals. 32% of urban roads, 14% of rural roads are considered poor condition. 54,000 bridges are rated structurally deficient, meaning they could go at any time. 54,000 bridges in America. Okay, Flint, Michigan, which everyone knows has the had the water crisis and is still dealing with lead in the water and all of that craziness, but they're not the only ones with lead in their pipes. You go to a lot of rural areas, you go to a lot of urban areas, they have the same problem. That's all infrastructure problems. As a whole, as a country, we have a D-plus rating in terms of infrastructure and how safe our infrastructure in America is. To me, I feel like this should have been done under the Obama administration. I feel like he missed a really great opportunity to have an investment in our country to provide great jobs, and it benefits everyone in this country. Because the, the number one infrastructure company uh, country in the world is Singapore. Apparently, when you go to Singapore, they're like years and years and years and years advanced in terms of infrastructure. And we're playing catch up. Now, you go into airport after airport across the country. You go down roads. You go across bridges. You go. It's scary what's happening. And this power grid breakdown should be a wake-up call. Instead of everyone sitting around and pointing fingers, we can deal with that later. We can deal with who, know, what, when, how, and where, okay, which is what's going on right now. But we've got to deal with the problem. And President Biden has this really rare opportunity, just like Barack Obama did, in that he has full control of Congress. We're in the middle of an economic crisis, this one due to covid and he could provide this great investment, which is so long overdue. This should have been done at least at least 30 years ago. But every president put it off, put it off, put it off. And now we're dealing with something like 54,000 bridges that can fall at any point. There was When I used to watch Rachel Maddow, she used to do these segments where she would talk about the railroads and how the trains would just go off, just go off the rack because they were so dated. That is a problem. Why are we accepting this in our country? Why are we saying that this is okay? Because what happens is we get through one crisis, like Texas, and then we move on to the next. Look at Hurricane Sandy and the disaster of Hurricane Sandy. And instead of dealing with infrastructure then, we continue to put Band-Aids on. I don't know if you guys have flown into LaGuardia Airport recently, but it's, it's a shithole. Excuse my French, but it's a shithole. JFK is a shithole. LAX here has been, remod been remodeled 15 billion times since I've lived here. And it's still not legit. And it's embarrassing, but it's also a hazard. And it's a disaster waiting to happen. I pray that Texas will be the final straw, that we can get our stuff together and pass a massive infrastructure bill. When Pelosi was speaker under Barack Obama, she was begging and she was pleading for an infrastructure bill. And everyone should really go back and read that infrastructure bill that she got passed through the House but couldn't get passed through the Senate because the president wasn't backing it because he wanted to back Obamacare. So we're at that place again, President Biden. And it is up to you to make great change. 
The last time we've invested in infrastructure like this was the great, the great, the New Deal, and FDR got our country out of economic distress with the New Deal. Obviously, World War II helped a lot as well. However, he invested back, and there are still places across the country that are because of the the Great New Deal. And I think that that's what we need to do. We need a new New Deal is what we need. And infrastructure needs to be number one. So I feel like we can talk about all the other stuff, but until we have an infrastructure bill, I believe that we're going to be faced with problem after problem after problem, state by state. So I just pray that Texas is the last one and that we can move forward and actually deal with the problems at hand. Okay, so the other big thing that has happened that a lot of people are talking about um, from President Biden's town hall the other night was that he basically was like, I am not a fan of the Warren Schumer cancel student debt plan. Um, He said he's not a fan of it simply because he thinks that we shouldn't be bailing out kids who students or former students who can get themselves out, who come from not the 1%, but the 2%, and especially those who go to private institutions and things like that. So there was a lot of mixed reviews on him saying that and him sort of backing away. First and foremost, I would like to say to Senator Warren and Senator Schumer, if you guys are really passionate about this, put together a bill and get a bill passed and force the president to either veto it or sign it into into law. Stop putting all of the pressure onto President Biden to do something that at the end of the day, he legally cannot do. It's very performative at this point. If Without a bill, it's performance. And, and there is no bill. There is nothing. It's just constantly on Twitter, cancel student debt. So you have a plan. You have an idea. You don't have a bill. So pass a bill in the Senate. Get it passed in the House and force the president to do something about it. Okay. So that being said, I just want to break down actually what's happening with student debt in this country and what has happened since the United States government overtook student debt in 2010. So currently we have $1.7 trillion in student loans in the United States. It's increased 4% from 2019. That is sounds like a small number, but it's not. Considering that between 1999 and 2009, the increase of student loans was 1.7% between all of those years. And here we are in 2021, and we've already increased 4%. 10% of all student loans are in default. That's a, again, it sounds like a small number, but it's actually not when you look at the mathematics of how much money is out there. 13% are white Americans in default, 20% are Hispanic, 32% are black. So obviously there is a race issue there, but we have a problem. The average student loan debt is $37,000, which again, to people, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you add interest that just continues to grow and grow and grow, there you are. 54% of all college students take on debt. 92% of student loan debt is backed by the United States government. Everyone needs to hear this. 92% of student loan debt is backed by the United States government. This transition happened in 2010, and here's why. The Affordable Care Act basically added student loans, taking over student loans in 2010. Now, the real reason that he did it was because he needed money to finance the Affordable Care Act. And going into the student loan game gave him a lot of extra flow to take that on. So that is the real reason that the United States government took on student loans. 
It was brought in under the Healthcare and Education Recollection Act. It was signed into law in 2010. It was the secondary law right after the ACA was passed that basically everything that wasn't covered in the ACA, they covered with a secondary Healthcare and Education Recon Act. So he signs it into law in 2010. He replaced federally backed bank loans with direct government lending. So before... Someone like um, Sally May, right? You would go to Sally May and get a student loan. The federal government backed it, but the bank was the front, and the federal the the federal government backed it. Now everything's done from the government. It's all government lending, unless you're taking a private loan to pay for like your your board or your your rent every month, whatever. That's that's still separate, and that can still be private, but. Actual tuition loans are through the federal government. College tuition has spiked over 12% in four years. Again, that to some people, that doesn't sound like a large number, but again, between 1999 and 2009, it, college tuition only spiked 3.2%. Now we have over 12% in four years. That was a 10-year period, and now we're in a four-year period, and it's spiking 12%. Meaning, when the federal government took over these loans, colleges went bananas. They were through the roof. Because the colleges get what you would call like a farmer subsidy, but they get it for their colleges. And they can do whatever they want with that money to encourage people to go to college, blah, blah. Well, now that the federal government is paying for school, for kids to go to school with these federal loans, they were like, we're going to go through the roof. Because the federal government is backing it. So there's no control over college tuition anymore. And they're still getting their subsidies. So they have something like Harvard has a $1.6 billion subsidy that just sits there. And their tuition every year goes higher and higher. And yet the government still pays them that money. So it is a completely broken system. So when people say cancel student debt... It is nothing but a Band-Aid that let's say they erase someone's $50,000 debt. You still have interest because you're not allowed to refinance your student loans. It's the only loans in all of America that you're not allowed to refinance, meaning whatever your interest rates, they can be wishy-washy and change constantly. So that $50,000, yes, I know it sounds like this great, fantastic thing, but it, it can do nothing in terms of the long run of what we're talking about here. So it is just a Band-Aid. So I say to everyone, they should Google Hillary Clinton's plan on college and reform and tuition and student loans. It was actually a really legit program, and I wish it would have gotten more traction than it did, but people didn't want to talk about that. They wanted to talk about Benghazi and emails. So I'm going to break it down for you very simply what her plan was. She believes that every student should be able to re or former student should be able to refinance their student loans, period, point blank. After a five-year period, if you've paid your payments, if you've done everything correct, you can go and say, hey, I would like to refinance, just like you can do with your home mortgage, just like you can do with your car mortgage, just like you can even do with your medical debt. Student loans are the only ones that you can't refinance meaning that you can continuously get, you can pay off, pay off, pay off, but because of your interest, you never get ahead. So she wanted to end that. She also wanted to have payment based on your income. She used to say constantly, she had to take out student loans to go to law school. 
And when she started paying back her student loans and had her first job right out of college, it was like she was getting paid nothing. And so she paid $50 a month because it was based on her income, not based on, oh, no, no, this is how much money you took out, so this is how much you have to pay. Asking a student, a former student, six months after graduation to pay $2,000 a month is beyond ridiculous. And it's happening across the land because they're allowed to do it. There is no regulations for them. There's no government saying, no, 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 that's wrong. And it's so funny because we took over the loans in 2010. So you would think by taking it over, we're supposed to fix it, right? When you own 92% of the student loans in this country, that's ownership is on the government and the government alone. That basic feature of payment based on your income could be life-altering for millions of student, student loan debt people. <laughs> and the last thing is she said that it was time that college were held responsible for their tuition increases. When they have all of this money sitting here in the bank and they're still continuously getting extra money from the government and still charging more and more and more for tuition to make it to a point where people can't even afford to go, even if they take out loans. She did not believe that you should be paying your loans until you're 80 years old. A part, another portion of her plan was by the time you reached 60 years old, 55, 60 years old, you're done paying. No matter what, you're done paying. Because at that point, from 21 to six, you've paid more than enough to pay it back. Especially with the government now owning all of these loans and making millions off of these loans. So that was a, that's a really simple plan. And there's no reason why the United States government, considering that they own all of these student loans, that they can't fix what they messed up in 2010. By Barack Obama buying those loans and taking on the student loans to pay for the Affordable Care Act, the loan people went ballistic. Colleges went ballistic. They were partying it up. And they still are. So canceling student debt is not going to solve this problem. This is a much bigger problem than that. That is performative. I'm sorry, it is. The fact that they don't have a bill to back this up and it's just them talking and them going on and on on Twitter is not enough. It more needs to be done. And until colleges are held responsible for their tuition spikes, none of this can change. None of it. So... That's where we land on college cancel student debt. And I believe that's why I hope President Biden is not for it. Because one, it's performative. And two, it doesn't solve the actual problem. We have to get these, these tuitions lowered. We have to get stu former students able to pay every single month. When majority of these students, former students, are having to go into default, which no matter what, even if you file for bankruptcy, student debt never goes away. Not only can you not refinance it, but the student debt never goes away. So we're having people who are defaulting because they can't pay $2,000 a month and live a normal life. We have a problem. We need to deal with payments. We need to, and you know what? The government owns it all. So why isn't the government fixing it? It is in their hands. And when the Senate and the House and the President are serious about this, they will be talking about these things that Hillary Clinton had in her plan. I don't care if you like her. I don't care if you didn't like her. You should really Google her college education plan because it was brilliant and it was simple and it was to the point and it, and it would have worked. So that's, that's where we are with that. So I hope I explained it to you guys a little bit better. Okay, so I decided we are going to do 
DC Disney today because you guys seem to like that, or at least my mom does. So I guess I'm just doing it for my mom. But of course, I'm going to ask Sam. I haven't heard politicians' names, and I'm going to say what the what Disney character these politicians remind me of, good, bad, or indifferent. So let's go with Disney, DC Disney. All right, Sam, go ahead. Lauren Boebert. Oh my God. Oh, it's just because I just showed you that picture with her with all the guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lauren Volvert. Uh, she is okay. She's a villain, obviously. She is okay. Gosh, <laughs> this is hard. Um, she's the horrible, horrible. Uh, oh my gosh, from Frozen, the 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 guy who convinces Anna. That he's Hans? like Hans. He, she's like Hans. She totally is like Hans because she like manipulates you and she's like cute and is like, oh, okay. And then she turns out to be Cuckooville. You know what I mean? She's like that moment when he's about to kiss kiss uh, Anna and then he's like die or freeze to death or whatever he says. <laughs> so <laughs> that's who she is. She's very manipulative and she, her, her – because she's a cute girl, you know, so, so her looks, that sort of – but she's ruthless and he's horrible. So, yeah, there you go. That's who Lauren Bobo – Han, yeah. Okay, next one. Um, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. <gasps> oh, my God. Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, my girl. Oh, my gosh. Who is she? She's someone just so fabulous. I just can't even. She's like, um, she, okay, to keep with the Frozen, this is so crazy, but she's Elsa. And the reason she's Elsa is that she's basically like, the cold doesn't bother me anyway. Like, I don't have time for your nonsense. So, like, just leave me alone and let me do my job. And she's really pretty and, you know, I can see her just being like, everyone thinks she's like the ice queen and that's like a bad thing, but it's not. It's a fabulous thing. And she she's totally Elsa and Elsa kicks ass and takes names and has a whole like castle and, you know, so, but it's all about like family and, you know, she has a good heart and yeah, she's Elsa. Totally, totally Elsa. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Um... And it's not just because she's from Michigan, but yeah. <laughs> Cory Booker. Oh, Cory Booker, Senator Booker. Um, Senator Booker. Let's think about Cory Booker because he's really, really smart and he he has a lot to say about everything. So, uh, he's not to me. He's not a prince. Do you know what I mean? I don't mean that in a bad way. He's like not a prince. Yeah. Um, he's more of like a professor type. Oh, you know who he is? He's like um, Bakara from Jungle Book, the one that takes Mowgli under his wing. The, the Black Panther, the good one. Bakara is very um, intelligent and very, you know, astute and, you know, just like wise. Cory Booker is very wise. Okay, Governor Jay Inslee. Oh, I always forget about him. <laughs> He's like super, super green and super nerdy to me. Um, Jay Inslee. He's kind of has like a prince quality about him. Um, not according to some people I know, but, um, he's kind of like Aladdin. He's like a little bit of an outsider, but yet like when he like gets accepted, they realize like, oh, like he's cool. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of like Aladdin a little bit. He's very like, uh, he's not like a street rat or any of that. <laughs> it's, you know, like what Aladdin is, but you know what I mean? Like very, like people don't take him kind of seriously but for a hot second he was like the it guy you know like Aladdin is in the movie and then turns out okay he's just he's just Jay Inslee he's just you know doing the best that he can in horrible circumstances because Washington got rocked so hard the, in the beginning so um yeah okay yay that was fun good job fun 
Daily Descent with the OG of the HRC. I was about to say way, but <laughs> anyways, um, what I want to talk about today is actually something very positive. Um, I know that most of the time my daily descents tend to go off about someone or something or someone who's wronged Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi <laughs> or Dianne Feinstein, but um, this one is actually very positive. I saw, I woke up this morning and I saw on my Twitter that Dolly Parton had come out with a press statement and she was basically saying, acknowledging that Tennessee had voted and they were going to put a statue of her in the state capital of Tennessee because they had taken down a Confederate soldier's statue and all, all that. And she wrote a statement and she said, thank you so much, but I think that during this time of COVID and crisis and all that's going on across the country, I don't think that now is the time to put up a statue of me and celebrate me while all of this sadness is going on. And she said, I would love in the future, if you still want to do this, I would love in the future for you to do this. I'm so honored. Or, or even please, like you could even wait till I, you know, I'm no longer here. And I just think to myself that if the world had just a couple more Dolly Partons in it, we all wouldn't be so cynical. And I think of this woman as someone who I love musically, on TV, on, you know, movies. She's just, she's the best. She's an icon in every, every way possible. And I still can't believe that Barack Obama didn't give her the Presidential Medal of Freedom <laughs> when he had the chance because um, now she may not accept it because Trump had offered it and she didn't, she doesn't want it to look political and she didn't accept it from Trump simply because of COVID and her husband was sick. I mean, again, just this brilliant, amazing woman who always does the right thing no matter what. But I just think of her as someone who is truly the American dream, as someone who came from absolutely nothing. Um, grew up in the Appalachian Mountains, like one of 12 children. They lived in this small, you know, cabin with no heat, electricity, all of that stuff. It wasn't until she was a little bit older that they got that. And yet she is never negative. She never speaks ill about people. She's not political, but yet she is. My friend texted me and said that Dolly Parton was, was progressive before progressive was, be, was a cool thing to be. And it's so true. She accepts everyone for who they are. She's never spoken, like I said, ill of anyone. She has been a friend to the, you know, LGBTQ community forever before it was even a cool thing. She just was loving and accepting. And, you know, all she asks is that you accept her in return. And she has done so much good in this country, in the world, that technically she should be a billionaire. Because she's been so successful in her life and I truly believe that she has been blessed because she is a good person and I believe good things happen to good people and she is proof of that. But she should technically be a billionaire and she has given so much money away that she's a millionaire and she's over the moon happy for that. Obviously we all know that she gave a million dollars for the Marina vaccine and she did it just because she thought it was the right thing to do. She, they asked her if she'd already been vaccinated, even though she qualifies for the vaccine. She said, no, because I don't want anyone to think that I jumped in line because I gave this money. That's not why I gave the money. I mean, she has an entire amusement park <laughs> that she not only is the economy for her hometown, when they were going to build it, the, the, the builders were like, you may want to build outside of your hometown because this is too small and it's not touristy. And, and she said no, because she wanted to bring the economy to this small town in Tennessee. And she did. And it's now turned into an amusement park with cabins and, 
and a water park. And somehow through 2008 debacle of the economy, she was able to keep that amusement park afloat when many amusement parks who were in the same type of caliber as hers, you know, sadly went under. But it was so important to her. And on top of all of that, she has this literacy program to get books to children um, between the ages of, you know, three months and right before they go to kindergarten because it was so important for her to have children have books at home because her own father didn't know how to read. He had to go start working at like 13 years old and it always bothered him that he couldn't read. So she started this program with her father when he was still alive. So he was able to see you know, this amazing program. And it started out very small in her local in local district in Tennessee, and now it is worldwide. And it's called the Imagination Library. And she, that that is just the epitome of who Dolly Parton is. And I just think if all of us could just be a little bit more like Dolly Parton in all we do and all we face in the world, that everything would just be a little bit nicer and a little bit easier. And I just, I can't... I, I'm going to Dollywood, or I'm hopefully I will be going to Dollywood with um, my mom and my aunts on an annual trip that we take, and we decided this year to go to Dollywood. And I have never been more proud to spend my money to go somewhere in my life than going and giving Dolly Parton all of my money because she just deserves every last cent because she's just an amazing, amazing person. And I think that we all should really think about each and every day how can I be more like Dolly Parton you know we can't write like her she's a she's a brilliant writer she's a brilliant artist she's a brilliant but her mindset and how she approaches every single day is what we should each whether you're Democrat Republican it doesn't matter approach every single day and think what would Dolly do as corny as that is, I think that that's my daily descent today to all of you to be a little bit more like Dolly Parton in all you do. Okay, guys, until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And make sure if you want to listen, listen at Spotify, iTunes, or you can watch us, of course, on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.